Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a pair of local farmers and find out how seeding is coming along. Also, we'll talk about a new survey released by the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. And up first in today's country comment, Tammy Jones with Manitoba Agriculture will join us with a weed update. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Provincial Weed Specialist Tammy Jones with an update on field conditions. The first two little weeds that I get lots of questions about this time of year are pygmy flower and yellow whitlow grass. They're very tiny, they're blooming right now, and everyone panics about them. So we did uh, provide photos of that within the crop pest report. And I guess the, the good news is there is that they're almost done their job as far as setting seed so they're not really crop competition and they're not really anything to worry about that being said when we look in the fields um with the heat that we've had and now with a little bit of rain that we've had or a lot of rain in some areas there are lots of weeds out there and the perennials are doing quite well i've seen quite large dandelions that are going to be a challenge for um, control in crop or even as a pre-seed um, control. There's going to be some challenges just because they're so big, but we're seeing lots of other weeds coming now too. So lots of lambs, quarters, and red root pigweed. And uh, it's it's a great time if you like weeds. It's not a great time if you don't like weeds. And talk a bit more about uh, pre-seed herbicide applications and uh, you know what's been happening here over the past uh, few days. So um, one of the things with pre-seed herbicides is that you want to get it onto the soil. For most of them, they're soil active. And so sometimes we're trying to do tillage to get rid of crop residue. At that same time, we might be hurting the weeds, and so they're less actively growing. And so sometimes our pre-seed herbicides don't work on those harmed weeds, and it'll take a little bit of time for that to work. But the other side of it has been that we haven't seen a lot of rain up until very, very recently. And a lot of the pre-seed herbicides do require a quarter of an inch to a half inch of moisture to make sure that they're in soil solution and that they are taken up by those germinating weeds. Anything that's already emerged needs to be hit with something that's actually going to um, burn them off. So something like a glyphosate or a heat or something that has contact. But the soil applied ones need to get into soil solution and get sucked up by the roots and into the plant in order to provide control. And with drier conditions like we were having, there may have been a little bit of time where weeds got to germinate before those pre-seed herbicides that were soil applied get activated. And so we may see that there are some misses on some of those weeds and we need to be in our field double checking to make sure that we have good weed control and that we don't need to get in there in order to control those weeds during the appropriate staging. And it looks like, uh, you know, most of the province, we're going to get some pretty good heat here this week. Um, what, what are you expecting uh, to happen? Uh, a party for the weeds and um, some, some pretty intense decision-making by growers as they try to figure out when they can get into those fields and um, control those weeds. So lots of farmers went out prior to seeding and felt that there was maybe not enough weeds in order to control. And I've had a lot of questions since then saying, how do I get rid of this particular weed in this particular crop? And now there are not good answers for them. There's just no good options for 
some particular weeds in some crops, so like grassy weeds in a wheat or barley or oat crop, there are limitations on what will work on them. And the same with broadleaf weeds in some of the broadleaf crops. And so skipping that pre-seed burn might have been a real challenge, and now it's going to lead to some creativity. And I think that we just need to make sure that we're making the right decision for um, a lot of different reasons, the staging of the weed, the crop itself, the crop tolerance, and trying not to push those limits and being too creative with what we're using for weed control as we get maybe a little bit desperate because there is a lot of weeds coming. That was Tammy Jones, weed specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. LeBrokery-based High Life has purchased 75% equity interest of Prime Pork from Taylor Corporation. Prime Pork produces, processes, and sells pork products out of Wyndham, Minnesota. The plant currently processes approximately 1.2 million hogs annually and has 660 employees. This will increase High Life's processing capacity to 3.2 million hogs annually. Manitoba's UPIC Berry Farms will be open this summer. Angie Cormier is executive director with the Prairie Fruit Growers Association. We're trying to provide an environment on these farms that is safe for the farmers, for their staff, and for the public when they come to pick. So some of the changes might be things like more hand-washing stations, you know, washing hands before you come in, washing when you leave, measures that will help people stay physically distanced from one another as well as from staff. And when you get out to a big field, it's, it's not that hard to keep people distanced from one another. Cormier expects to see increased demand for pre-picked berries this year. And the senior ag meteorologist with World Weather Inc. is expecting to see more precipitation heading into summer. Here's Drew Lerner. Well, you know, I think we are probably going to eventually get into a wet weather mode. Uh, now, some people would tell me right away here that it's already been wet. The idea here is that we're going to go back into a, a little bit of a cool air mass coming up here uh, probably at the end of next week going into the first days of June. So it'll kind of cool down. We'll probably see some drier air from around for a little bit. And then as soon as that starts to abate from the region, we'll start to get it warming up again, and that'll bring some rain with it. Lerner says soil moisture levels across the province are quite variable at this point. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Monday, May 25th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll talk about a new survey released by the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business has released results from a new survey asking how farmers feel about the government's COVID-19 emergency relief funding. Here's Marilyn Braun-Polin, CFIB's Vice President for Western Canada and Agribusiness. Well, you know, these are extremely uh, stressful and uncertain times in the ag sector. Is the, you know, we see the supply chain problems really cascading down through the sector and all the way uh, to the primary uh, producer. Um you know, I think when you when you look at it, um, only 29% of farmers say that the $252 million uh, relief package will be uh, helpful. Um, you know, we're saying that, uh, you know, Canada's food producers are urgently asking for more help from the government, uh, you know, amid supply chain interruptions, labor shortages, mounting costs. Um, you know, o- over the past couple of weeks, we've heard, uh, you know, some pretty heartbreaking stories about farmers, you know, having to plow down crops, destroy produce, or even contemplate putting down their livestock due to the reduced capacity 
processing facilities or changes in market demand uh, brought on by COVID. So, you know, the, the government needs to, to, uh, to move fast and provide more support for the entire industry to protect Canada's food supply. Um, you know, we, we do recognize that um, the government has you know, introduced the $252 million in, in emergency funding to help uh, farmers and processing facilities, you know, adapt. Uh, to the pandemic, and uh, you know, we we also recognize that they have made some changes on the temporary foreign worker uh, program, so that those workers can come during critical planting season and help farmers offset uh, some of that cost of the quarantine uh, quarantine workers for two years. You know, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we while it's a good first step, these survey results really indicate there's much more to do. Uh, and needed to address the devastating impacts of, of COVID-19 on the ag sector. And the federal government has indicated these measures are an initial investment. And if they need to do more, they will. Well, the time is now to, to do more. You know, we understand the enormous challenges in designing support programs and getting them out quickly. And we've appreciated the government's willingness to change and improve emergency programs like uh, the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy and the Canada Emergency Business Account uh, based on feedback from small businesses uh, and groups like the CFIB. But unfortunately, food producers say the effects of the pandemic is, will be felt, uh, you know, will be, will be felt for so many, uh, for many uh, seasons to come. And, and so the recent emergency relief announcements and uh, current business risk management programs uh, will not work for most. Now, Marilyn, um, can you just talk a little bit more about uh, what uh, CFIB is recommending uh, to the federal government here going sure. forward? Sure. So, I think when you when you look at it, um, you know, we 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 do um, want to make the point. You know, a lot of the economic activity has been frozen during the pandemic response, but farmers can't just turn the light switch on and off. They still, you know, the, the, the animals still need to get fed and cared for. And, um, you know, farmers have tight windows in which they can, you know, uh, plant and harvest and get their product to market. So, you know, we have said that, that, uh, that you know, the, the, the federal government needs to act quickly to ensure farmers have the support they need. And, and you know, and also to ensure that, that um, you know, we can uh, support to the entire um industry to protect Canada's food supply. And so we've made a number of recommendations. Uh, you know, we, we know that um, there has been some emergency funding provided, but we need to provide additional emergency funding uh, to the egg sector to offset lost income uh, resulting from the pandemic. We also know that the, you know, business risk management programs need to be fixed. And so we need to improve those business risk management programs so that they are effective and responsive and and uh, we've made some recommendations of restoring the agri-spillity uh, reference margins to 85% from the current 70%. Um, but, you know, we also know that, uh, uh, that uh, we, we need a common sense fix of, of uh, scrapping the carbon tax for those, um, for those uh, farm activities uh, like uh, use of propane and natural gas and aviation fuel. And, and uh, we also can't forget our market. Uh, trade and market access for for continuing to focus on that, so we have those markets open for our egg products. Just wanted to go back to the to the survey for a second here. Um, you know, you mentioned twenty nine percent of farmers uh, say the funding would be helpful. Um, can you sort of break down those numbers for us uh, by sector? What we found is that that you know the 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 impact is being felt um, by farmers right across the country and across many sectors. 
And uh, so when we look at it, 42% of farmers in the livestock sector said the emergency relief will be helpful for their business, while almost half of them said it will not be helpful. Um, you know, 25% of uh, fruit, vegetable, and horticultural farms uh, said it will be helpful, and then about 28% of, of uh, food uh, product processing said the emergency relief will be helpful. And, you know, we can't forget, like, the vegetable growers. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, with, with restaurants uh, um, either, you know, shut, shut down or limited to takeout, the demand for a lot of those restaurant crops, uh, you know, disappeared literally overnight. Um, and so that's a, a big reason why our horticultural growers are, are really suffering uh, because their demand is virtually dried up. Now we, we are encouraged to see the reopening of economies uh, in, in various provinces, which will hopefully, you know, put some of that demand back on the table. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that certainly is a concern. But, you know, the other part, too, is that almost half of uh, the farmers uh, that we surveyed are worried about debt. They're worried about long-term financial consequences of debt and depleted uh, savings. So, you know, when, while we appreciate that they've made changes to uh, uh, to the Canada Emergency Business Account, uh, you know, adding more debt to to uh, farmers' operations may not be a workable solution. We know that taking on more debt is isn't workable for many farmers who are already highly leveraged. So, um, you know, that'll help some some farmers, but uh, but certainly not all. So, I think at the end of the day, we we you know we need the we need the government to act, and we need them to act. Uh, uh, we need them to act quickly. That was Marilyn Braun Poland with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock. Pre-registration is required. You can contact Melissa Atchison at 204-264-0294 or email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The Manitoba Agricultural Museum near Austin will be reopening its stores to the general public on Friday, May 29th with reduced hours and new safety measures. You can follow them on social media for more information. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the Province of Manitoba and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. And the Manitoba Sheep Association 2020 show and sale has been cancelled this summer due to COVID-19. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, Golden West reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Suris area farmer Dustin Williams to find out how seeding is coming along. We were finally making good time in the fields. The, uh, we were able to find a few fields that were dry enough to, to seed on and we're quite a bit later than our normal normal schedule. We're uh, only about a third done at this time and normally we're a good two-thirds done or more. So it's, uh, it's still pretty early uh, in the fields. They're still finding frost boils and a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of moisture out there. How much rain did you pick up on the weekend, and uh, how long before you're back at it again? I don't think we had much more than a half an inch of rain on the weekend. and um, I, uh, Where we're presently 
seeding is on some sandy ground, so I'll probably get back at it tonight or tomorrow. And how how are conditions out there as far as uh, subsoil and and you said the the frost boils and that kind of thing? How has it been this this year? Just a real different situation. Yeah, oh, definitely. We went into the last. We went into the winter uh, uh, super saturated, and it sure is showing. Like the, it's amazing how often we've pulled equipment out of the mud and and. Um, the fields that we have that are normally quite dry to work are are still uh, unable to pass on. So it's uh, it's quite a challenge this spring, but you know, we get some good sunshine this week and we'll be okay. That was Surus area farmer Dustin Williams. Earlier this morning, I had a chance to chat with Warren McCutcheon. He farms in the Carmen Homewood area. Uh, things are going good. We're uh, we're about ninety percent done here. We. Uh, we did, uh, needed about one more day here. We got a little bit of rain on on the weekend here, and if we'd had one more day, we'd have been done. But that's all right. It'll it'll seed good uh, afterwards as well. Just uh, about a half section of edible beans left. How much uh, rain did you get over the weekend? Uh, it was a little spotty. As it's thunderstorms here, uh, we're pretty fortunate. We had somewhere between uh, about a half an inch east of Homewood to uh, over an inch, uh, almost a couple inches, uh, kind of north northeast of Carmen. So. Uh, really, really uh, needed uh, for some of our stuff. Um, you know, they're really stuff that went into moisture. Uh, wheat and oats and stuff were, were coming up really well. Uh, we planted most of our corn into pretty good moisture. Um, but kind of with our cropping system and, and the way, you know, ground that needed to be prepped this spring with the late harvest last year, not getting fertilizer on, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, we had to prep some ground. And, and then when you do that, when you work your fields, it's hard to get everything into, into good moisture to grow. And, and you always need a little bit of help from other nature with some rain to, for some even emergence and, and cover up a few mistakes and things like that. And pretty fortunate here to, to catch a nice rain to, to help us out here. And as far as timing, are you guys on track or, or still a little bit behind? Uh, it's not considering, uh, you know, how poor the weather was in, in April and, and early May. Um, we're on pretty good pace, really. I mean, normally, uh, normally we're planting edible beans kind of around, you know, May long weekend at the earliest, usually, usually May. May 25th to June 1st is, is nothing wrong with that for putting edible beans in. So, um, you know, we've got uh, we've got 500 acres in and, and you know, uh, about 300 or so to go of edible beans. So, you know, kind of right up, right at seasonal pace as far as that goes. And, you know, with the weather being so cool early May, we, we haven't really lost any heat or any nice days. So, I mean, quite often we like to have corn and, you know, some of those crops in a little bit earlier. But it's just the way it was that uh, that really wasn't possible this year. And, and uh Maybe we're a little bit behind, but you know we haven't we haven't lost any nice days. That was Warren McCutcheon, a farmer in the Carmen Homewood area. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Siri Global Egg Corporation has announced that its subsidiary Delmar Commodities has entered into agreements to partner with Savita International Corporation and Horizon Seeds Canada to distribute corn and soybean seed products in Western Canada. Delmar will be rebranding its Legend Seeds Canada trade name to Series Global Seeds and will no longer be distributing Legend Seeds corn or soybean products. Series acquired Winkler-based Delmar last summer. Those who enjoy picking berries will have the opportunity to do so again this summer. Angie Cormier is the Executive Director with the Prairie Fruit Growers Association. She talked about one possible change. 
there might be some farms that will have to set up an appointment system just so they can control that flow of people because there are some farms, specifically those that are close to, you know, Winnipeg or Steinbach or Portageville Prairie where they might have more people coming. So they might have to set up a system where they need to, to book an appointment before they come. Cormier expects to see increased demand for pre-picked berries this year. And the senior ag meteorologist with World Weather Inc. is expecting things to cool down heading into June. Drew Lerner gave his forecast heading into summer. As we get into the latter part of June and go into July and August, I think there will be a relatively high frequency of rainfall across the southern half to two-thirds of Manitoba, a little less precipitation in the north. So I think we'll have a little bit of a wetter bias, and we'll probably have the temperatures holding in a relatively seasonal range with a slight warmer bias. Lerner expects warmer temperatures to return along with the rain. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.